Welcome to Marshfield Community Media's part-time podcast, starring the interns, Will Nicholson and Tyler Pinero. Welcome to the MCM's part-time podcast, where the wage is minimum, but the sports takes are massive. I'm Will Nicholson, and I'm joined with... Tyler Pinero. And we are two interns at Marshfield Community Media that uh, decided, you know what, we like to talk sports a lot, and let's, uh, let's turn it into a podcast and just... You know, talk our minds, and MCM was kind enough to uh, let us use Studio B here, attached to the high school, and uh, yeah, we're going to be talking some sports and uh, just having a good time. So, Tyler, you know, how are you doing so far today? Dude, I'm feeling pretty good right now. You know, I just had a nice little day at school, but uh, I've been waiting for this all day. Because Me too. Yeah. Ye- yesterday, I don't know if you saw, but a bomb dropped. A was, bomb uh, did drop. From the man himself, Adrian Wojnarski. So... This is being filmed on uh, Monday, October. It was second, the second, and yesterday, Drew Holiday was traded to the Boston Celtics. Originally, he was a part of a deal to get Damian Lillard to the Bucks, and then the Trailblazers decided they didn't want to hang on to him. They were going to sell him, and the Celtics jumped in and they traded uh, Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, and two first-round picks, I believe. Uh, one is the Golden State one, that's top four protected. And I'm not sure what the other one is, but I'm sure it's got uh, protections on it. One of so the, the other that is one, a trade. The other one's an unprotected Celtics first rounder, I believe. Unprotected Celtics. So that's a pretty big package for a 33-year-old who yes. is an all-star, and he had an injury last year. So I kind of want your uh, initial reaction to the the trade. Well, uh, uh, when you're saying about the injury, I don't really think it's going to play that big of a deal because he didn't miss a lot of time. He was out for like you know a little short period because it was a minor thing. I think it it's it hurts losing Robert Williams obviously, but I think it's going to be nice not having to worry about both him and Kristaps Porzingis getting injured. I like that. See, I am in just like a massive sports for a, uh, thread uh-huh. with a bunch of guys from Weymouth. Uh, Gino Conti put me in there, mm-hmm. and uh, what I saw there's like 50 people in this this group chat. It's insane. And what I saw the initial reaction. It was excitement of, hey, we got Drew Holiday, and you know we kind of got the Marcus Smart replacement. He can be that defensive leader. And his offensive skill set is really better than yes. what Marcus Smart was. He's a better shooter. Yeah. He's got more in his bag. He's definitely more consistent. Exactly. Say. And people, you know, we, we love that. He yeah. seems like a Celtic. You know, yeah. his skill set, the 3 and D. And then you started to see what the package was. It's like, okay, Malcolm Brogdon yeah. was the first thing you saw, and we knew, like, okay, that was to be expected. We knew Malcolm Brogdon yeah. was going to be gone. I was going to say, I think back in uh, July when they made the first offer for Chris Tapps that did get pushed through, Malcolm, was Brog- Malcolm. Malcolm yeah. Brogdon was in the trade headed of the Clippers. Exactly. So I think we all knew that he wasn't going to be too happy with us when trade got canceled. Yeah. We assumed that he was going to be gone anyway, yeah. so we, we knew that this was kind of coming. We figured this yeah. would be the package. Two first-round picks, I was like, okay, you know, one's a Golden State one. They're uh, both garbage. It's not, right not going to be good anyway. And the other one, the Celtics are going to be competitive, yeah. you would assume, mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future, so first-round picks Hope don't so, mean too much. Yeah, I'm hoping too. But uh, the big one that came in is people were really upset about Robert Williams getting yes. moved, uh-huh. and uh, I... I kind of want to know your your opinion on that. Is it worth giving up a guy who at one point was a defensive player of the year candidate with the injuries and everything that, you know, kind of came forward with, you know, oh, he's a great defensive player, but the injuries and do we really want Drew Holiday? So what's your take on that? Like what I, I was hearing earlier from, so today was Celtics Media Day, and I was chiming in whenever I had time. Brad was saying it was a very, very hard move to make, but it had to be done. 
I really like what Brad Stevens is doing right now as the GM because he's just completely changing the shift, the energy that's going on. I know it's quoting Jalen Brown, but he's got rid of Marcus Smart. He got rid of uh, Robert Williams. He got rid of Grant Williams. He got rid of Malcolm Brogdon. And I saw something today that the only players left from the bubble are the Jays. That's perfect. That's exactly what you wanted. You had to shake up this roster, and I completely agree. I mean, we as Celtics fans will talk about at the end of when we lose in the playoffs, like, okay, uh, it's time to make a trade, and yeah. then we trade someone who's like a beloved Celtic, yes. and we're like, whoa, whoa, hey. But, no, this is a trade that needed to happen. I think yeah. Rob Williams kind of reached his peak as far as being in this uh, Celtics roster. Yes. He he only played really like you know a couple yeah. games a season. He missed more than He half. wouldn't even start. Yeah, he wasn't starting for a lot of it. And, you know, you can't have a guy like that in a championship contending team. You yeah. need players to be on the floor. And I know he's super talented on the defensive end. but The only issue with Rob is he doesn't have an outside shot. Exactly. I think that's, that's what was holding, I think that's what was holding him back. But I'm curious to see what Portland's going to do because they say they're going to keep him. But they also now have DeAndre Ayton. That's true. So I don't know what they're thinking with having two big guys like that i think they move rob to the four maybe well then you're playing in the modern nba and you're not going to be able to shoot yeah two of your guys aren't going to be able to shoot so you're automatically at a disadvantage but i also been hearing that uh the blazers are looking to do with brogdon what they did with drew holiday yeah get him out of there as soon as possible so they they have guards they like right they got scoot henderson and scoot anthony simons they just got young guys and brogdon's in his 30s now yeah so just send him over to a contender that's true. Where, what do you think a uh, a trade destination for Brogdon would be? A team that is kind of competing but needs a guard. I have a couple ideas, but where where would you think would be good? Well, obviously one of them's got to be the Clippers, right? That was my first like thought too. <laughs> I've heard been hearing the Clippers already want him back, but you know we already gave up Marcus Smart, so sorry you're not going to get him. <laughs> so we'll send him over to Portland, and you can do something for that. I would like maybe the other L.A. team, the Lakers, could possibly be a spot because they, they need uh, guard help I still. think so, yes. But, like, what would they give up? Because they really don't have I don't any know, assets. Because now they have uh, Gabe Vincent. Yes. He signed, yeah. So they have Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo Russell, and they signed a bunch of people this offseason. I think maybe if I'm the Lakers, I would consider giving up D'Angelo Russell. I know you just got him in his second stint, but he didn't play well in the playoffs. I think think D'Lo was more of a uh, hit-or-miss guy. Like, you'd go for 30 one night, then you'd go for three one night. Exactly. So I think you just got to trust in D'Lo and know that if he's not making plays, he can still help you. But then that would mean his teammates around him have to start making plays. Would you move him, though, if you're the Lakers for Like, if Brogdon, if you were like, okay, uh, we'll give up for Brogdon, we'll do a first-round pick, D'Angelo Russell, and maybe, like, some lower bench player. Or, or if you're the Lakers, are you I like... Would. I think Brogdon and D'Lo are on a much closer level than that because I know Brogdon's a starting-caliber player, but we saw him come off the bench this year in one six-man right away. Um, and I... Wouldn't undervalue D'Lo that much. I think, you know, he's a better player. We've seen him be an all-star in Brooklyn. We've seen how he can carry a team on his back. So I think keeping D'Lo in L.A. would be fine. But a team that now has a lot more assets, I think, that could go after him. I hate to say it, but it's Phoenix. Yeah. Because the, the Suns don't have an actual point guard. So they yeah, they just got De- Beal right now. Devin, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. Got rid of campaign, got rid of Chris Paul. So they need a solidified point guard. And I think Brogdon could help them. 
But then again, we don't want to, you know, add fuel to the fire. Do they have assets to even get Brogdon, yes. though? Because they traded everything to get well, Beal there. If In the uh, trade with Damian Lillard, they were the third team involved. Yeah. So they just got, I believe, Grayson Allen, uh, Nurkic, who Nurkic they're probably going to hold on to. But they got a couple of good assets, so I think... You know, they could get him realistically, but I could see a Grayson Allen flip to make that work. Maybe throw in a first round pick. I don't know if the money works out there necessarily, but you could. That's a package no. where it makes sense to make that work. The only thing that will make it difficult with Brogdon is he's on an expiring deal, I believe. Yeah. So people are gonna. Yeah, this run, is his last year on gonna, the deal. They're gonna run the risk of should we pay him? Is he gonna be worth it? What's gonna happen? All of this. Which is crazy because Brogdon is a crazy good player. He's he incredibly is. talented, but it feels like there's a lot of spots in the league where yes. he he doesn't have a role right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not an immediate need yes. for Brogdon because there's so many high tier point guards out there that you really don't necessarily need a guy who is you know middle yeah. of the pack, above average, who's going to cost money, and he's thirty. Mm. It would probably never happen, but if they Celtics could come somehow bring him back. Uh, there's no shot. <laughs> I don't think so because he's pretty unhappy with – I think he's more upset with how they dealt with his elbow injury, which is a reason why I don't think many teams are going to want him is because running the risk because that injury seemed pretty bad because we all saw how he shot in game seven. Had the sleeve on his arm. Everything looked either short or looked left or right. Something was up with him. But, you know, I wish him the best in wherever he goes. Yeah. Brogdon will be fine. I mean, he'll find a team. There is a want for him, but it doesn't feel – immediate around the league uh so as we jump back a little to the celtics i wanted to talk a little bit about this too so the big men have become an issue yes uh you know quote-unquote issue now in boston i don't really see the immediate threat but people are Mm -hmm. saying that now you have an old al Al horford Mm -hmm. you have porzingis who's injury prone and then your next big man up is luke Cornette. yes and they did i believe they just signed uh Wayne and Gabriel, Wayne is that Gabriel. who it is, yep. to, uh, to a training camp deal? And yes. I think he's a pretty good Rob Williams replacement. I think so. But do you think that there is kind of an immediate need to fill size right now if you're the Celtics? I think Wayne's going to get his spot on the roster because I see he put up 6-4 and four with the Lakers. Just a solid bench player. But uh, I don't think that the it's obviously a problem not having the depth at center now like they were going to have. But I think... You know, Brad Stevens knows what he's doing. Like, they promoted him to GM for a reason, and we've seen the moves he's made already. It's been great. He pretty much turned Daniel Tyson to Drew Holiday. So, <laughs> which is insane. If you look <laughs> at it, how he made that work. I've been hearing now that he wants to bring Daniel Tyson back again for round three. You know, let it happen. If he comes, he comes, but he's not going to get his number because <laughs> uh, the rookie, Jordan Walsh. Jordan yeah. Walsh has it now. Yep. Yeah, I. As far as lineups go, I'm actually very excited that we kind of got rid of mm-hmm. Rob when you really look at it from a lineup perspective. I see that, yeah, you got to think that we're going small ball now, mm-hmm. and it's not like you don't have a center. You have yeah. Kristaps Porzingis, and you can do and then that big lineup with, with Al Horford. KP can also stretch the floor. Exactly. And then KP is probably just as good a shot blocker as Rob, and he's taller. Exactly. So the only my, thing we're missing is the athleticism. Exactly. My idea for a starting lineup uh, for like opening night, and I think this is gonna vary. I think you uh. go 
you go Drew Holiday, you go Jalen Brown, uh. Jason Tatum, and then you go the two bigs, you go uh. KP and Horford. But what I do think you do down the line, because we saw it last year, Al's getting yeah. old. He's still a very quality player, and I, he can play starter minutes. But I sure, think you uh, you move it around. I'm pretty sure Al doesn't play back to backs anymore. No, so he doesn't. If I were the Celtics and making I'm making the starting five. I'm Coach Missoula. I would go Holiday, White, Brown, Tatum, KP. I think that's good for like a down the year uh, type of lineup. I think opening night they're still yeah. probably gonna play Horford. And oh, like big definitely. games like that, like when we play Milwaukee on yes. TNT, we'll probably run that that starting type of lineup. But when we have Charlotte on like mm-hmm. a Tuesday night yeah. on League Pass in the middle of November, yes. I think that's when you're gonna see we go more guard heavy and we throw Derek White out there, who showed he can easily be a starter and a yeah. quality player in the playoffs. I think he will. Derek White will start because I think Al Horford's gonna get his minutes regardless because I think they got a good like eight nine man rotation. Because people are all talking about, you know, Celtics got they got Drew Holiday, they got Chris Porzingis. People are forgetting the role players they picked up. You know, some of them you probably haven't heard of, but they got guys like Delano Banton, who's like a six foot seven point guard. We got O'Shea Brissett, who just we got from Indiana, and we got Lamar Stevens, who we just got from Cleveland. And I've been like watching some of these guys play. Lamar Stevens, you know, he's just a good hustler. You know, he gets on the gets on the floor for loose balls. You know, plays aggressive the entire time. Brissett. He's looking like the Grant Williams replacement. It's just you know he doesn't have as big of a mouth. So, <laughs> no, I love that. I uh, I'm really excited about Jordan Walsh too. Yes, because he feels like he is a Marcus Smart Grant Williams hybrid. Yes, except he's he's slimmer. He moves better. He's yeah. more athletic. The jump shot's better. He is a Celtic. He he is a Celtic for sure. I loved watching him in summer league. Yes. And people forget he's like what six foot seven. Yes. Six, something crazy. He's got like a seven foot wingspan. And he's a guard he's a, who can like stretch out to play threes and fours. He's definitely not guarding fives. Like don't switch him on to Embiid. No. But pretty much anywhere one through like three, yeah. maybe a couple of like small fours, he can guard pretty much one through four. I think he can run the floor with everybody. I just don't think, you know, it's only a couple centers, but if he's got like Embiid or any Embiid, Jokic, Eaton down low, I don't think he's handling them. That's when you need Chris Tops. Yes, Chris Tops. And we've seen Al Horford do his thing, too. Yeah. Al Horford, you Don't know, when he was out. a little bit younger, he had his years where he was locking up Giannis. And even if you go back to uh, the 2022, uh, not the he, conference. Was it the conference finals? Or no, it was the, the it was semi. the semis against yeah. Milwaukee. He yep. just, he had that one game. Game six, he, man. Game six where he just shut down Giannis the entire time. Dunked on so, Giannis. Tatum put up 50. Yeah, yeah. That was a good game. Um so for the Celtics, I think to kind of summarize, I'm not worried. I think that I think it will be great. I think this is a great trade. I know that we have a lack in size and everyone loved Rob. Yeah. But I I love the idea of getting this veteran yes. presence and a Marcus Smart replacement because I think that worked. I really think well. Holiday is like the perfect player to pair with Brown and Tatum because if we've seen when both of them struggle, like a lot of the games in, against Miami. Holiday's that guy that can come in and, you know, turn it around. He can tune it up and get you 30. But he can also shut down guys like Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Damian Lillard now because Dame's in the East. You know, he can come in, you know, hold those guys like 10 points. We just wrapped up week four of the NFL season. A yes. lot of really close games mm-hmm. happened today. 
Um, that Dolphins and Bills game was massive. I don't know if you got to catch that one, but I'm a huge red zone guy. So yes. I am also a huge red zone guy. Um, I mean, it would you know be a crime if if we didn't talk a little bit of Patriots here as we go into the NFL. The Pats lost yeah. thirty eight to three. Ugly. It was a tough game. There's questions about Mac Jones going forward, and I've I've never really gotten to to gauge where you stand on Mac Jones because we haven't talked a whole lot of football, especially yes. you know not the first episode of the pod, but yeah. just in general, where do you stand on Mac Jones as a <sighs> Patriot going forward? I think it's time to just lose out the rest of the season, honestly, if you're the Pats, and go for Caleb. Go for Caleb? Yes. See, I— Because we've seen Mac be so good, but we've seen him be so bad that, like, I don't want to, you know, think I'm either going to get Jamarcus Russell or Dan Marino each game. I don't want to gamble. Like, I'd rather have one guy for every game and not, you know, play the lottery. But here's the thing with Mac. Can you blame all of it? on him because honestly i consider last year a wash with matt patricia yeah that and then he's been good a little bit this year i give him you know i don't blame him for last year because matt patricia would run the ball on second and 20 but uh uh sorry i think um that against the cowboys i don't i think that was purely on him like some of those throws he was making just weren't even in the radius of his receiver there. You know, fumbling the ball and letting Vanderash get the easy walk in just wasn't pretty. That's tough. Yeah, it was a bad game for Mac. I, I won't even try and defend that. He played pretty terribly, but also we I I gotta put into perspective that guys just weren't getting open and his yeah. he's trying to make plays off schedule, which mm-hmm. is not Mac's game where he's trying to run around yes. and he's throwing across the field. Like yeah. that that's not his game. And the, I think the lack of weapons in this Patriots offense yes. is where you start to see, oh, you, Mac is having to make these plays off schedule, which he cannot do. Yes. And real quick, I want to go into why I think we should keep Mac going forward. I don't want to become teams like the Jets and the Broncos and teams yes. who there's because like this is what we do the with Colts too. Yeah, exactly. This is what we do with the NFL draft. It is so glorified with quarterbacks where it was like there's always the next best thing yes. out there and I I heavily disagree with that because if you look at the quarterbacks that just came in Bryce Young isn't looking that good yeah exactly and, and we saw AR 15s looking okay but we saw early CJ Stroud was looking really poor after his first preseason yeah. game but you saw him yesterday CJ Stroud was cooking yesterday, dude. So it's it's a gamble. That's the thing about the NFL draft. It's a gamble. And take take this into perspective, right? Say if you could go back and you knew how these players were going to turn out from the 2021 draft. Mm-hmm. Maybe teams are maybe that's a big maybe. Teams are tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Yes. But other than that, are you taking a quarterback from that 2021 class where people were tanking? to get Trey Lance and to have a shot at Justin Fields and Mac Jones was a question at three yes. and people were excited about Zach Wilson. Are you going back and you're drafting one of those guys? And I, I think the answer is no. I would say maybe Justin Fields if he hadn't gotten taken like a couple picks before Mac Jones. Yeah. But we saw Justin Fields yesterday like 28, was up like 28 points, lost. Can't hold the lead. Yeah. So, uh I mean, the only guy from that class I think I would want to get is Trevor, but you had to be the worst. Exactly, but th- that's the thing. And now people are saying, you know, let's or, tank for Caleb. 
I believe he was in the same draft class. Jalen Hurts, was he? Or he was not. No, Jalen Hurts not. was a year before. Okay. And still, he was a uh, second rounder, I believe. So he wasn't even a first round pick, which yeah. is crazy now. But my my where I'm going with this is I think you need to build on talent. And obviously, yeah. you know that guys just aren't the guy, right? It mm-hmm. happens. You, you see where, okay, this guy isn't yeah. working out. Completely. I mean, you kind of saw it with Zach Wilson as a starter. You saw it with Although, Sam Darnold. Wilson looked good last he, night. I'll Zach say Wilson that. did look I'll pretty good last credit. night. I don't think that. So, if you were watching the illegal touching call on Sauce Gardner, that was terrible. That was a horrible call. The uh, non-holding call on uh, yes Jermaine Johnson was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of bad calls down the stretch. The Chiefs definitely squeezed out of that one yesterday. They did. They definitely did. But I, I hate playing ref ball you know what i mean like mm-hmm. I, I hate yes. it being like oh the the refs lost yes, the game yes because it is a long game in the grand scheme of things where mm-hmm. you saw there was a dropped interception mm-hmm. there were so many chances there was a drop touchdown the jets had chances to win those games and football is a game of, of inches and when you can't yes. make you know that one play it can cost you the game however i believe that the refs played a massive yeah. factor in the chiefs being able to just run down the clock and i think they the saw who was in the, the press back. box yesterday who was Taylor Swift? <laughs> so I, you know they had to rig it a little bit, so yeah, they yeah, t- exactly. So they can get a discount on tickets. <laughs> I love the whole uh, Taylor Swift NFL kind of crossover thing. My favorite is Donna Kelsey because she was at the. She's Eagle, living the life. She was at the Eagles game with Jake from State Farm. Yeah, and she then, came to the Chiefs. Then she drives a couple hours to MetLife and is hanging out with Taylor Swift. So yeah, um, there's a lot of it. What was it? Uh, Oh my god, I'm about to butcher oh. all these names. It was what Blake Lively, is that who Lively, that is? Lively, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Hugh Jackman, I believe. Yeah, yeah. There. there was a lot of people there. But yeah, it, it looks fun. <laughs> it, Donna Kelsey yeah. looks like she's having a good time. Another game I enjoyed yesterday was uh Indy versus the Rams. That I was think, a good one. I think Richardson looked really good. But, you know, it's hard to not talk about the star of the show, Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua is insane. I just I, I don't understand how Stafford keeps doing this with the new Cooper Cup. These guys, exactly. It is the new Cooper Cup because we saw when Stafford got moved, we kind of assumed it would be the Robert Wood show. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Cooper Cup looks like the best wide receiver in the league. He wins the trip uh, triple crown. Probably the greatest wide receiver season we've seen. Since I, I think so. Jerry I would say Rice. so. And now you have. Yeah, he's down. And another guy who, like, people knew Cooper Cup, but he uh-huh. wasn't really, like, a big time. He was, like, like a top ten pick. You weren't taking him in the first round of fantasy. No. Easily. You no were taking way. him he in. He was, like, a fifth like, round pick. Exactly. Fifth round, sixth round of fantasy. And even then, you were probably stretching for him. Mm-hmm. And then he just becomes this crazy wide receiver. Puka Nakua, the exact same thing. Some guy that nobody knows. And now he's just putting up these crazy numbers. And I, I believe he has the most receptions through his four, uh, first four, four games. games ever. Yes. And, that, and that's incredible. Crazy story. If you've seen Puka's fantasy stats, he's been putting up 25-plus like every game. He got his first touchdown yesterday. That's his, uh, And it was the game winner. Yeah. The game winner in overtime. Another good thing about the Rams that could bring them back to glory is they have found a running back. Finally. They have it's stopped no more gambling Cam with Cam Akers, <laughs> and they found their guy in Kyron Williams. I am a big Kyron Williams fan. I am a huge Kyron Williams fan. Did you pick him up on the waivers, too? I traded for him. Ah, oh, there you go. I made a very, very serious gamble. I traded away Joe Mixon and Dallas Goddard for Kyron 
and Evan Ingram. Uh, now that trade's looking now like it's looking a like genius a genius move. Yes. You know, Evan Ingram, we've seen him with Trevor. Trevor loves him. One of his favorite targets. When in doubt, throw it to your tight end. Shout out to all the tight ends out there. <laughs> the young quarterbacks do love their tight ends. They do that love is, their tight ends. That is for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the whole league, I mean, there's just so much happening right now as far mm-hmm. as the Monday night game. You're starting to yes. see teams who you didn't think would be in it starting to Ooh. maybe make a run. Like the Texans, I mean, who who would have thought that? I thought they might I not win a game. I thought TJ Stroud was going to be a bust. You know, like I, I you know, misjudged them after one preseason game. Just playing one drive, you know, two for four, 13 yards and a pick. Thought he was going to be terrible, but we've seen his receivers now. Nico Collins, he's legit. I Tank do Dell, love Nico. He's pretty good. Damian Pierce, he's good. Their defense is stellar. No, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, what the Texans are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think coaching, they've yes. gotten so much better. Um, I forget who was their coach who uh, just got fired. Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, yeah. So he... You know, had to go, and I think whoever has stepped up, I haven't been keeping up too much with the Texans. But I forget his name, but I believe he was the defensive coordinator for the Niners last year. Right, well, there you go. Anyone mm. who's a part of that Shanahan tree, just yep. throw them in, and, and they'll succeed. Even if it's the Dolphins and it's the the ball boy, uh-huh. Mike McDaniels will McDaniel, succeed. Baby. But no, I, the Texans are doing such a great job. Uh, they could end up being the Seattle of this year, where you didn't really think much of what they're going to be. You I, think that they're going to be tanking, but who I knows? really like Seattle. I think they are going to pummel the Giants tonight. Uh, I think that, you know, Kenneth Walker, he's, if he hadn't already solidified himself as a legit running back in the league after last week, you know, he was given a poor defense and he exposed them because we saw yesterday Alexander Madison went up against, you know, Carolina Panthers, didn't do nothing. Yeah. Kenneth Walker took full advantage, had over 150 yards, had two touchdowns. And he showed you that he shouldn't be sharing carries with DJ Dallas and nope. Zach Charbonnet. Absolutely he should be not. the guy in that backfield. He he should be that guy. I mean, he's proved it so many times at this point. And I get you still have to have your backup running backs to yes. kind of take that that uh you know massive mm-hmm. uh, workload away. But still, you need to feed the playmakers. Kenneth Walker has proved that he is a playmaker, and I think going forward, he should be the lead back there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just so many teams right now you didn't expect no one expected uh arizona to get a win win. last week it's get a win in general we thought that they Mm -hmm. were tanking and then teams who you expected to be good i mean cincinnati Bengals. the cincinnati Bengals are one but here's what i'll say with cincinnati i think you can chalk that up to joe burrow's Burrow's injury and you can tell he's not himself now they just took another hit with t higgins injury yeah t higgins is gonna be sidelined for a couple of weeks so uh, if you, Tyler Boyd is on the waivers in your fantasy league, go pick him up. 100% go pick Tyler Boyd up. He and, uh, is going to be that number two option. If you don't like your first-round pick, go trade for Jamar Chase. Yes, 100% go trade for Jamar Chase. Um, he's going to have a game next week. I feel like whenever guys Jamar Chase go in the, the post-game press conference and they talk about, yes. oh, I, I didn't like my touches or whatever, they have a good game. It's, it's a weird thing. I think but it's very classless when they do that, but... You know, sometimes, you know, they have a point. Exactly. Yeah, you got to get that message out. And then it starts to look at, um, as the coaches, it's a public thing. Mm -hmm. And then you start to say, oh, okay, maybe, you know, they have a point if you're a coach. 
Um, so the Cincinnati Bengals are our one team. I think another thing that hurts the Bengals, they lost a lot of people this offseason. Yeah, they no, that lost, defense is not as uh, good. They lost, what's his face, Jesse Bates. Yeah. They lost Von Bell. They lost Hayden Hurst. Yeah. They have a very new roster with a couple familiar faces, but I think it's just going to take some getting used to before they're back in t- contention in the North. 100%. I think this is uh, this feels like it's Lamar's division. Yes, I was going to say. I, I think the Ravens showed this week that they are in full control of the NFC North because everyone saw the Browns and they're like, oh, here come the Cleveland Browns. Nah, I'm Lamar not buying shut it. them up real quick. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying into the Cleveland Browns. I just have no reason to. They, just, they have no big-time threats in my opinion i think they just have one big time threat they had two but unfortunately we saw nick chubb go down yes yeah, but not exactly you cannot deny the greatness of miles garrett miles garrett is a beast miles for garrett, sure but you gotta put points on the board you know yeah. what i mean it's it's tough to do that right now that o-line isn't nearly as good as it was like two years ago yes um so that's you know the Bengals. honestly then, to, to kind of finish up the Bengals, i think that it might be time to just sit joe you know what I mean? He doesn't feel like himself, uh, and, and it kind of almost feels like a wash year I think, for the Bengals. I think losing to you know the Tennessee Titans, even though Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the league, you know the Tennessee Titans. What do they have? You know, it's a team you should they, beat. They're just those are those games you have to win, and now you're one in three. Yeah. So you got to look at yourself like, what am I doing wrong? They need a rework for what's sure. Not, what's not working? Yeah. Yeah. They they need to kind of rework their whole. Uh, strategy. I don't think there's a point in playing Joe Burrow, and people have disagreed with me heavily on this, saying, I "Oh, but it's it's football. You got to play." But yeah. what, in my opinion, what is the point of of playing Joe? There's none. He's had a couple of long years going to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. going deep in the playoffs. His off seasons have become shorter. He his first year, I mean, he had that ACL, MCL. He tore like everything in his leg. We saw him come back from it. Exactly, but you you see him come back. But now it's like, do we want to keep putting Joe under this pressure where he's already injured and the team isn't there right now? I think you sit him, personally. I think they just give him one week. If anything would sit him, I wouldn't want to sit him for much longer because you can't, if you're the Bengals, you got to look at everything. And they just signed Joe Burrow to the biggest contract in NFL history. So now you give him the money, but now he's sitting, you're going to look pretty dumb. I, th- I think it's fine, though. I think Bengals fans would be fine with that because we've seen a healthy Joe Burrow is a quarter Dumb. away from winning a Super Bowl. Yes. So I'm I'm totally fine with the Bengals saying, you know what, this year isn't going how we want. Let's try and get some young talent in there to develop. And I, it really feels like you need to sit Joe because, like you I said, he just signed the biggest deal in NFL history. You want him to be there for the long run. And I feel like if he keeps playing, he won't be. I think we can see the Bengals blossom still. Like, I'm not going to write them off just yet because, you know, we've seen what happens if you write teams off early. They come in, make a push. So I think there's still hope for the Bengals. But I think, you know, they just got to obviously set Joe as their priority, get T. Higgins back, you know, use Joe Mixon more in the run game because we've seen what he can do when he's on fire. And then, you know, biggest thing, it's going to sound like a broken record, but throw it to Jamar Chase. Like You do have to throw the ball ja- to Jam- Jam- Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase is a top two wide receiver in the NFL. And he can create space against the very best of them. If the ball isn't going to him at least 15 times a game, you're doing something wrong and you're going to lose. I agree. I 100% agree. We saw what happened when Jamar Chase got 15 targets against the Rams. It's true. 12 catches, 150 yards. Yeah. It's uh, 
it's tough. It's tough to be a Bengals fan right now because you've struggled so much the past like ten years, and now you feel like you have a chance, and mm-hmm. just all kind of goes downhill and, and crumbles in your face. So the Bengals are one team who uh, we thought were going to be good, and they're not. But I don't even think that's the worst one when you yeah. look at the Minnesota Vikings. Zero and four? No, they no, won. One they three. won one and three. If they but lost still, this week, Justin Jefferson would already be traded. A hundred percent, he would be gone. How how does that even happen? It's roughly the same team I as last year. You think they get better with Hawkinson? I think and they the, went thirteen games last year, and now they're one and three. The worst thing with them is their defense. Their defense is horrendous. Yeah, like they cannot, you know, keep a lead safe. The defense always has to give up some things. But I think we're also starting to see. I hate to say it because I love them. I think Kirk is just regressing at an extreme rate right now. Yeah, that pick six uh, last week, that. or not last week, yesterday, yesterday yeah. was not good. Fumble, fumble in yeah. multiple times, throwing a pick against the Chargers in the red zone, and all this while you have the best offensive player in the NFL. Yeah. And I don't think if you guys don't start, you know, winning and making a push at the playoffs, somebody's going to want out. And it's going to look a lot similar to something that happened in the 2000s. So. Yeah. No, I I agree. It's uh, starting to get to that point where Jefferson uh, drafted in 2020, I believe. I think so, He was the year before Jamar, so yeah, he was drafted in 2020. We're starting to come up on the 2024-2025 offseason where Mm -hmm. he should get paid, and if the Vikings are not competitive, will he want to get paid there? I don't think so. So it's it's looking tough right now. The Vikings are a team that I feel like they could actually maybe get back in the race just because of how weak the NFC as mm-hmm. a whole is. They're they're not going to win that division. I think I've yeah. kind of sealed that that is the Lions. That division. is the Lions division. Yeah, but I I think they can get back into this race as far as like a wild card goes because you got to think like who who's going to win the divisions in the NFC. I'm thinking you got, you got the 49ers, 49ers you have Eagles. the Lions, Eagles. And then what are we missing? Uh, the uh, the South? Oh, it's like Tam- no. Tampa, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, we are missing that So that's it. And I think, I think honestly, that <laughs> the Saints are going to come out on top of that. Probably going to be the Saints, or it's going to be the Falcons. Or the Falcons. Tampa hasn't looked terrible, yeah. but still, those but, are four teams. And then you got two wild card spots. Yeah. What great teams are left out there? I mean, you got right. the Vikings, Dallas, Dallas yeah. Uh, but those are teams that I feel like they can beat and we got be Seattle, than which we all Seattle, we've seen yes. what Seattle can do. Maybe the Rams if they get back into this thing. Maybe. But you know, my my point is that it's not closed off. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The AFC feels very closed off. If you're not one of the best teams, I think in the just, league, you're not going to make the playoffs. It's as simple as that. I think now the AFC East race is a little, you know, less uh, stressful because yeah. we've seen the struggles of the Patriots, and then obviously. No, and Rodgers being out for the season, that obviously is going to hurt the Jets pretty bad. And they just gave a beating to the Dolphins. So I think that's still the Bills' division easily. I I think the Dolphins are still my Uh, favorite for the Super Bowl. For the Super Bowl? I like that. I think even though he struggled, he didn't have his best game yesterday, I think Tua looks like an MVP. You're a Tua guy? I am a Tua guy. I like that because I am also a Tua guy. I'm pushing for Tua because, you know, he's had a rough start to his career. People were saying he's a bust, getting benched for Fitzpatrick, you know, having some serious head issues, you know, possibly career-ending injuries, but he's bounced back. He's come back better, bigger, stronger. You know, they're making they're making him more safe. Gave him a bunch of weapons, 
And yeah. he's got an amazing defense. I mean, that offense is a quarterback stream. You know yes. what I mean? You have two of the fastest guys in the league. You have speed just all over the field. Mm-hmm. And McDaniels likes the plays that and Tua likes to run. They're on the same the backfield, page. too. They yeah. got amazing receiving backs with yep. Moser and the rookie Achin. He was a surprise, too. Achin was mm-hmm. a, a massive surprise. I don't think anyone expected that. But, yeah, I mean, that the AFC is so tight. The margin for error is so thin. We got the well the only division that I think is a pure lock is I believe the South with the Jaguars. I'd say I believe so. that's the division. I'd say yeah. No the the and AFC South. The Chiefs obviously they're powerhouse they have the West. Powerhouse yeah. in the AFC West, but the West also has the Chargers. That's true. They're more of a wild card team, I think. I think what's the idiot that coaches the Chargers? I think uh, Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley, get him out. Yeah, get it might him be tough. Out. Might be time for him to. They won their game. Because, they won their game because you know they played ha- they played a high school football team yesterday. You know, and Herbert's really good. <laughs> Herbert is insane. Herbert good. is very good, but Herbert. If also, you didn't know, Justin Herbert's really good at football. He yeah. is pretty good at football, but uh, <laughs> I'd say so. Then we obviously got the FC North. You know, Browns, Bengals. Yeah, Ravens. that one's more open, but now I think it's it's closed I'd to say, the Ravens. I'd say that's the the uh, most competitive division. Yeah. Because, you know, all those teams, they can win. Now, that's going to come down to Week 17 and see who gets that playoff spot. See, this is, this is like, my favorite time in the NFL because you start you, – excuse me. You kind of start to get a feeling mm-hmm. of who the playoff teams are yeah. going to be uh-huh. and who's kind of, like, on the verge. Because you see these, these teams who are like, okay, on paper they're good, uh-huh. and then they are good or they're not good, and then you have the surprise teams. So you start, you kind of start to get this feeling of, mm-hmm. oh, this is what the playoffs are going to look like, and it gets exciting, and it's uh, it's why I love the NFL. There's always and parody. There's new teams that surprise everyone every year. And it's it's the best league in the world, I'm going to be honest. You know, before we get into this MLB talk, uh, we saw yesterday that a former Red Sox pitcher, uh, Tim Wakefield, unfortunately passed away. And, uh, you know, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. My uh, my thoughts and prayers grow up to his family. Yep. Um, definitely one of the, the Red Sox greats. Um, mm-hmm. Tough to, to see him go. I always remember 49. But, uh, yeah, it was rough. It was sad seeing that happen. It was a weird day in Boston sports yesterday. So yeah. that Patriots lose, you have that, and then the Drew Holiday. Just everything is all over the place. Did not feel like a normal day, and you're still trying to, mm-hmm. you know, mourn this uh, mm-hmm. this death of of Wakefield. Everyone, you know, we all hate cancer, everything. You know, if you're older, go, you know, get screened. Make sure you're good because we see what can happen. We found out like five days ago that he had cancer. And then now, yesterday we lost him. Yeah, so it's a very, very unfortunate yeah. situation. I've been seeing his teammates like Jason Veritek, David Ortiz, Pedro Martinez, all talking about what he meant to them, what he meant to the team. Uh, you know, it was real emotional seeing how much he meant to all of them, and you know how much of an impactful player he was in this town. All right, so playoff teams we got. With home field throughout the entire playoffs, we got the Atlanta Braves, you know, looking like a powerhouse. And we got Milwaukee Brewers, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Minnesota Twins, the Baltimore Orioles, Philadelphia Phillies, Miami Marlins, Tampa Bay Rays, the Toronto Blue Jays, Texas Rangers, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Houston Astros. It's a stacked playoffs. The Astros are looking, 
you know, to defend the crown. I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, you can never count them out. See, I've I followed baseball a little bit this year. Like I, mm-hmm. I mentioned, I followed the Red Sox. Yes. Um, for obviously Boston sports, and then I followed the uh, the MLB for a while, just kind of how the whole league mm-hmm. has stood. And I mean, the story for at least for me from the MLB has been the Orioles have just been there all year. Yes. Um, and in, in my opinion, I think that they are legit. Yeah, they are legit, and I think they could be the favorites at this point. I think that's my my pick to win. But uh, who would you say are your favorites? Maybe your I mean, your dark horses. I think a dark horse team is the Phillies because mm. they were in the World Series last year, and we all know what type of a competitor Bryce Harper is. He's hungry. Yes. He wants to get back to the biggest stage. They have a better roster than they did last year because they went out and got Trey Turner. Uh, they obviously have Kyle Schwarber, who, you know, when he's on, he's on. Schwarbombs. Can't talk. You cannot stop that, man. But I think, you know, if I had to pick, it's hard to not go with the Braves. Yeah. Like, if you look from on paper – the Braves have the best offense in the MLB by a country mile. They probably have the National League MVP in Ronald Acuna, possibly Cy Young winner too in Spencer Strider. Then, you know, they're loaded all over the place with the home run leader, Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies, Michael Harris, Orlando Arcia, Austin Riley, Sean Murphy. The list goes on and on and on. So I think if I had to pick, it'd probably be the Braves, but anything can happen in October. And we've seen anything it. can happen. In October, the playoffs are looking stacked. I believe the first game from uh, I was looking at the schedule is tomorrow. Ooh, I believe so wild card we, matchup, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we have MLB playoffs coming up. This is the best time of the year to be a sports fan, in my opinion. You have the NFL starting to get into the uh, the grit and grind parts of the season where you really start to figure out who's who. The NBA is starting uh, later this month, I believe. Mm-hmm. So Media we, days were today. Media days were today, which Jimmy Butler was hilarious in media day, by the way. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. I did see That was haircut. so funny. I love how he does that every year. Speaking of media day, a certain Eastern Conference guard did not show up to media day, and he's going to receive a fine. Who's that? So James Harden. Oh, uh, well, we knew that. We knew it was going to happen. We knew, <laughs> we knew this was going to happen. But, uh... We do. Uh, it was, yeah. It's the best time of year to be a sports fan, though. You have so much so, going on. You have the playoffs. Tomorrow for the MLB, we got wild card. All these are going to be one-game series, I believe, wild card matchups. We got the Texas Rangers versus the Tampa Bay Rays, the Arizona Diamondbacks versus the Milwaukee Brewers, and the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Minnesota Twins. I mean, yeah, that's those are some games right there. Um, so here is my – I'm going to pick these games yeah. real quick because uh, – I'm gonna give my very uneducated. Uh, oh, there's one more. There's one <laughs> more game tomorrow. One more. The uh, Diamondbacks Mar- and Brewers. Or no, you said, said that Marlins Phillies. Marlins Phillies. Yeah. Yep. So, here's my very uh, uneducated picks for yep. the game, which are either gonna be all right or all wrong. I feel like Rangers and Rays. See so you. You're you're really talking up the Rangers. Yes. You're a, you're a big fan. I think, uh, I think they're a powerhouse. It's unfortunate that they lost Jacob Degrom. Yeah. Because I don't even think they'd be in a wild, be fighting in the wild card round if they had Jacob. Oh wait, it's different now because they added an extra team to the playoffs. Yeah. So the wild card isn't just one game. But if they still had Jacob Degrom, uh, you know, I don't even think they'd be in the wild card spot. I think they would have uh, bumped. I believe it was the Astros out of the division title, and they'd have it on locks now. 
Well, you talked me into it. Yeah. <laughs> you talked me into the Rangers. So I'll take the Rangers in that one. Blue Jays in the Twins. Um, that's a tough. Uh, that's they're that's both tough. hit or miss. I know. I feel <laughs> seems they're both kind of hit or miss. I will take. They can uh, put up twenty runs, or they can put up one run. I'll take like, the Twins. I'll take the Twins in that one. I think that's a good pick. Like yes. that. We got uh, we got Diamondbacks and Brewers. I'm going to take the Brewers. One of uh, very one of the most competitive teams in I baseball think this year. I'm gonna have to disagree with you. I think I'm going with Arizona because we've seen Corbin Carroll. He's unbelievable. You know, he's a speed demon. He's a rookie too, and he's carrying a team to the playoffs. So he's Arizona only, sports are rough right now. So I mean, I don't think they're gonna get the win. But I don't <laughs> think they're too. I I think it's just football. They're rough because the Phoenix Suns are looking pretty good. So aren't the uh, their hockey team the Coyotes are pretty terrible too, right? It's fifty fifty. <laughs> It's 50-50 with them. And then the Marlins and the Phillies. Give me the Phillies. Give us Phillies, yeah. I mean, they were in the World Series last year. you, you got to take the Phillies. I, like I think they got a good, good ball club over there. Uh, so those are my uh, very uneducated baseball yes. picks. As a guy who doesn't really watch baseball but kind of pays attention to the, uh, the league as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think when we're talking baseball, because yeah, yesterday was 162, uh, we got to Pay the respects to Miguel Cabrera and Adam Wainwright, two you know Hall of Fame caliber careers, legends of the game. Hung them up yesterday, yeah. very final time. It was fun to watch them for so long, and it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be weird not seeing Miguel Cabrera in the league. Yeah, I mean that's it's gonna be weird the next couple of years where all those. Uh, guys who just in yep. sports in general, people who you watch in your childhood, yep. they just are gone from the game, and it's it's a weird feeling. We saw Albert Pujols leave last year. Yep. Uh, Yadier Molina left last year, and now the final man of the trio is gone this year. Adam, <laughs> Win- Adam Winrit. End of an era. Mm-hmm. Well, I think fun. that's gonna do it for the first episode of the Part Time Pod. Thank you for joining us here at Marshfield Community Media, and thank you to Marshfield Community Media for letting us use Studio B and, and let us be creative and put our own show together. Thank you for listening to us. I'm Will Nicholson. And I'm Tyler Panero. And we will see you next time. Oh,